1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks, I'm your host Cain Pittman here with the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast Frank Madden for today's episode that is brought to you by rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need and Frank, I, I teased our guest today and I, I don't even really want to use the word guest actually because I, I think once you come back to the pod, uh, you become, yeah, I think you become more a friend of the podcast than a, than a guest.
2: Yeah, you get a special t shirt and, and blazer, you know, um, which, uh, which, which is fun. I actually I think I remember. Uh, like, it, it's weird. I think I remember where I was the last time we we podcasted with Dustin. Um, and this was before you were on the pod. So yeah. and I think Dustin, you were like literally coming, like finishing or you're at the like, um, you know, marketing day thing where they do all the video stuff of like, you know, for scoreboard stuff and all that stuff. So you were like, right in the middle of. All sorts of fun things happening, um, which obviously we're in a very, very different state of the world right now. But um, obviously, we we are very excited to have uh, Dustin Godsey, chief chief
0: marketing officer of the Bucks, back. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I was I was at the rave. Um, we were doing marketing day, so <laughs> I definitely remember that as well. I was I think winded at parts of it because I was literally running back and forth uh, between a couple stations, but. Um, but yeah, different times for sure now, but appreciate you guys having me on again.
1: So I thought we could start uh, this podcast and having you on this time by talking about the protests that, were, that the Bucks organized on Sunday. And I mentioned this on the podcast, and I'm sure that you'd be able to confirm or, or deny this. I certainly have not seen a professional Uh, sports franchise in the U S do something like this, where it's been organized by them. Uh, Certainly not in the last little period here. Uh, What went into that and and how did that come about? Because clearly this is, this is, this was a big deal and it was a big deal for a lot of people in the community in Milwaukee and and probably right across the U S and the world. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it's a
0: tough time um, for a lot of people right now. And, and, you know, I don't, I mean, it's, it's a tough time, you know, I think for, for a lot of people, all the time. And I think for a lot of us, this last week has really brought, brought to the surface. Um, you know, so many of the things that, that are going on in this country and have been going on for, for generations. And I think from our perspective, um, you know, this was something that, that our players wanted to do. Um, it was important to them to, to be able to go out and, and be with the community and, and kind of speak as one voice. Uh, obviously we had a couple guys go out Saturday um, as well. But you know for for the team to you know kind of rally behind that that idea of being undivided and, and being here with the, the community was was important to them so honestly it came together very quickly um, you know really they kind of met as a team I think on Friday um, decided that this is what they want to do so so Saturday we we kind of got the people that needed to be together for the logistics and that sort of thing together to make sure we had had you know, the bare essentials of, of what we needed for, for a, you know, a safe, you know, more than anything, a, a safe event and, and something that, you know, people, the community come together around. Um, and, you know, from there, it was really, it was really about the players and, you know, they decided the the run a show who was going to speak and, and go through. And, and, you know, we put together the route and, and it all, it turned out to be just a, a really great event. Um, you know, incredible turnout and just, just great energy um, that I think for a lot of people just sort of started the day on Sunday. And um, you know, the, the outpouring of, of support in, in Milwaukee has been really kind of incredible to see um, over these last couple of weeks.
2: Were you surprised? I mean, I, I know uh, our friend, Derek name uh, wrote about it in the athletic and had, I think the comment from Giannis speaking to, I think the NASA just about kind of the surprise that, you know, I think it was roughly 7,500 people estimated um in veterans park at the end i mean (laughs) did you have a conception of what how big this could end up being when you were planning it or i mean i guess there's also the aspect of you you know you've had your 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 hat of kind of organizing and marketing huge events has been you haven't had a chance to wear that and so i guess ironically you know you have to throw that on in a very short (laughs) period of time to kind of help help organize something like this but i mean did you have any expectation of what what this would be like the turnout that you would see i mean I, i guess you're probably just hoping that, you know, it's safe and, and calm and, and everybody's able to kind of just do what they, what they want to do. But um, it seemed like it, it must have exceeded sort of expectations, right? Which I'm guessing maybe you didn't even have time to think about what expectations should be given how quickly it had to come together. But um, I don't know, I mean, we, you know, neither of us were, were there. You obviously um, got to be on the ground. Uh, anything else that kind of stood out or was it just, you know, surprised at, at kind of how, how big and, and, and impactful it was?
0: Yeah, I think for us, we didn't really, we didn't know. Um, I mean, we, we've we done so many, uh, like you said, Frank, so many sort of community event, events and free events where a lot of it is, you know, starting back from our first block party and, and that sort of thing where, you know, you put it out there and, and usually then it's it's weeks and kind of planning and going through and, and you still just have that moment of, of butterflies when you get there in the morning. It's like, okay, who's actually going to show up here? Because you have no idea even on those. And and we started to be able to get a a little bit of a guess, but with this one, you know, again, it was, it was pretty short notice, um, obviously a a much different situation. Um, and so we, we had no idea what to expect. I know, you know, there were a number, we knew there were, we actually found out kind of as we were going through and and planning this and, and figuring out when to do it, that there were a couple other events going on in the city, which we actually sort of merged up with afterwards and which was great. Um, but we didn't really know. And, and it was, you know, certainly, you know, as we got closer to one o'clock um, you know, it was, this wasn't an early arriving crowd by any stretch. So, you know, there were kind of people mingling through and, and we, you know, we started this actually as, as an invitation out to, you know, Buck staff and, you know, part-time staff, full-time staff to, to come out and be a part of it. And then we opened it up a little bit later in the day on Saturday, you know, kind of um, publicly announcing it, but, you know, that late notice, we didn't really know, um, and it was actually kind of incredible to see, you know, as things started off. You know, we had a, a great, great crowd there when when Sterling and the guys came out of the locker room, um, and then it it almost as we got a couple of blocks away from Pfizer Forum, just even felt like it was continuing to grow. Um, and I actually just because this is life in in running events and that sort of thing is, I actually had to leave the the march itself and go to the to the end just to make sure you know they had a clear path into to where we were looking to finish and, and that sort of thing so um, I was at Veterans Park as they they kind of came around the over over the bridge um, by the art museum and I was kind of floored at that point at what it looked like and just the masses of people when you start you know kind of streaming them through like that it was I I sort of had that you know look at how packed it is moment myself uh, looking at that and that was that was a pretty powerful scene.
1: I want to continue the conversation around the protests and certainly the player involvements and the Bucks work in the community. Before I do that, let me quickly tell you about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online, and they've been doing so for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of Of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and you'll see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you that's locked on in the how did you hear about us box they'll know you came from us amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and also don't forget our friends over at bobbles galore we know bobbles galore is the leading bobblehead retailer in the country they have a vast inventory of bobbleheads from all major sports leagues including our teams, the Packers, Brewers, and Bucks, they're officially licensed by the NBA, MLB, and NFL. And right now, in limited quantities, only made 1,500 of these bad boys. They have a triple MVP Wisconsin puzzle bobblehead that showcases Giannis Aaron Rodgers, Christian Yalich as well. A special bobblehead for Bucks fans they might be interested in, the Greek flag Giannis bobblehead. They have a super-friendly chat feature on the website. They're always there to answer any questions you may have. Go to Galore. Dot com use the promo code locked on to receive free shipping that's bubblesglore.com promo code locked on and you'll get free shipping you mentioned uh, having the players involvement and, and on saturday obviously giannis was out there brooke lopez dante a few of the other guys were out there the bucks over the last a couple of years in particular it seems that the players have really been driving a lot of this community stuff as well with the support of the franchise but uh, what have you seen from this playing group because uh you know one of the things you always see people talk about is sports and, and politics and and separating all these things but this is obviously something that has touched the bucks with with sterling brown who's been uh, obviously one of the vocal players over the over the last couple of days but but uh, I, I guess what can you say about this group because it it to be honest, I think for Bucks fans and the people that I've spoke to, uh, uh you know, people are so proud to be, to have some sort of connection to this group of of men.
0: Yeah, I think what's great with these with these guys, and and you know, you have seen it in all the the little bits of media that they've done throughout the the hiatus and, and even before. But I think you know, this is just such a tight group, and I think that's that's one of the really fun things about being around, you know, kind of what's built up here over the last couple of years, and and you know, kind of the the culture that that John Horst and, and his team have been really trying to build and, you know, looking for, for guys that really fit together. Um, and I think you see that with, with things like this, you know, it was every guy who was in town and around was, was here, you know, it wasn't just a couple guys here or there. There wasn't, you know, kind of having to, to, uh, you know, force anybody to, to go through and do things. It was, you know, kind of that, that one for all mentality, which is, which is really cool to see. And I, I mean, I've been around a number of teams and, you know, there's always team spirit and, and, you know, camaraderie, but I haven't really been around, you know, in back to my days in Philadelphia and other sports and things like that. Like I haven't been around a team that I've, I've seen that really felt, you know, like had this sort of chemistry, um, which is, I know a little bit of a cliche sort of thing to, <laughs> to talk about, but when you actually see it, um, clicking the way it does here, you kind of start to become a believer in that sort of thing.
1: No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Frank, I, I, I don't know now whether you wanted to step into the basketball stuff. I know we sort of discussed about the, you know, it's it, this protest is obviously a big thing in the weekend and everything that's going on in the world. From, but from a basketball point of view, we are about to step into a, an incredibly unique situation here over the next couple of months.
2: Yeah. And I was going to ask Dustin, I mean, you know, as, as a CMO, you're, you have to wear a lot of hats, right? Um, Every, I mean, pretty much everybody probably listening to this has had their life changed probably in, in, you know, it's in a continuum of of how dramatic the change has been. But um, maybe talk us through a little bit just so people understand kind of, you know, what was your job like before this, um, say, you know, on March 10th or 11th, and then in the, you know, almost three months now since, I mean, how much has, you know, your job changed without, Obviously, live events without these, these games happening, we don't know when the games are going to restart. We obviously haven't had any games happening. And now we're going to have this really unique situation where teams are going to be playing in one place for the playoffs. Um, you know, it will be televised. Uh, a lot of other details are unclear. But from like a marketing perspective, um, I, I mean, how much have you had to pivot? What kind of things uh, are you having to do now? Uh, and then that could be the, the minutiae, obviously, of just sort of how you're organizing your team, things like that um but also specifically you know how are how differently are you having to approach kind of the future given the uncertainty around you know not just the next couple of months but obviously even going into next season we don't even know for sure when next season starts um and obviously we don't know when fans will be able to come back I mean obviously you're dealing with a, a degree of ambiguity that I don't think any anybody in in sports has had to deal with obviously uh, at, at this point but what's that process been like for you and um kind of what are you what are you spending your time on most uh right now As sort of looking forward given given all the, the unknowns that you're dealing with?
0: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like I mean anybody who's in events business and that sort of thing is kind of beholden to a calendar, but I think you know there's nothing more so than than you know working in sports. I mean you you have sort of your entire year is planned out around the basketball schedule uh whether it's the off season, right in the middle of it or or that sort of thing i mean you know when the schedule is coming so you're you're planning everything up you know the the two months leading up to schedule release and then the schedule comes out and then it's you know you're right into training camp and then it's preseason games and i mean everything has that that sort of north star of the schedule um, and everything you do is is still you know as, as much as we you know have become i think a, a bigger you know brand and i, I know people hate Hearing people talk about sports teams as brands, but, but that is a, a big element of, of what I do and, and building the fandom and going through as much as you know we've done things that were outside of basketball. It still revolves around, you know those guys on on the court and, and what's happening there. So without them, we, we aren't we're, we're just a logo. So I mean, it's, to have that all taken away sort of overnight um, is is pretty interesting, and it does leave you a little bit lost it for a short period of time. I mean, we, we had actually been starting to plan a little bit um, internally, just, just knowing what the situation was and what was going on, um, you know, around what, what a game at Pfizer forum looked like without fans. You know, there was a lot of talk right before um, everything happened on, on March 11th that, you um, that, you know, we could just start isolating games and, and playing without fans in our home markets and, and that sort of thing. So we had, we'd gone down the road a little bit of planning what that looked like, um, which was strange in and of itself. Um, but to have, you know, everything kind of, kind of disappear all at once was, was an interesting sort of, you know, bewildering feeling. Um, so like you said, I'm, I've got a, a ton of different things that, that I'm involved in, you know, Content, um, traditional, you know, kind of advertising and marketing, all of you know, work closely with the retail team. Um, all of our game entertainment, so you know, our our creative services, our our video content production, so that all, you know, literally everything came to a screeching halt. So it's it was, you know, like I said, a, a little bit bewildering um, to go through that, but you know, and it's a testament to to the team we've kind of built here. But you know, we rallied pretty quickly. Um, you know, I was actually I was at the we had a Luminaires concert, and and that's the other part of my job too is is overseeing the marketing at Pfizer Forum events as well. So, you know, and those are all things that you can't we don't really didn't really control, you know, because it's all outside promoters. We could you know close the building down, but there was a lot of kind of wait and see on on that. Um, but I was at the Luminaires concert um, on on March 11th, actually as a paid <laughs> paid ticket holder. Um, and so I, we were at a friend's house beforehand watching, you know, watching the news going from, you know, the president speaking to then the cut-ins of, uh, of the, the situation with the jazz. And then, you know, the Tom Hanks thing, I mean, it was just, a, an odd night, you know, for everybody, um, for sure. And then I spent most of the concert, you know, on my phone, kind of sending it out, sending out emails, figuring out what we we're going to do immediately was in the office the next day, you know, kind of executive team was, was there and just kind of strategizing around what this is going to look like, how we communicate out to fans and and that sort of thing. But then, you know, really by the next week we'd kind of gotten together and realized that, you know, we had, we actually had a pretty good opportunity um, through this to really kind of refocus um, and think about, you know, how we, how we put our stories out, what our content is, what, what people want to see kind of and realizing that we had an opportunity to sort of test test the waters a little bit um in terms of of trying to build some new new fan bases focus on some things that that we couldn't fo- really have time to focus on before we've done a lot more in in kind of the youth strategy um youth marketing around you know everything from just putting out activities for parents who are stuck at home, you know, with their kids, like I am not to say stuck in a, a bad way. But, you know, trying to, to figure out what to do when when suddenly you're, you're playing, you know, teacher a little bit on top of everything else. So um, to, you know, content, we just were about to release um, before everything kind of happened last week. Um, we've got some some driveway drills and some coaches drills with with Charles Lee, one of our assistant coaches and, and that sort of thing. So um, we took a, a good hard look at that. We, within a couple of weeks launched a, what we called Bucks Play, uh, which was sort of our, our hiatus hub uh, for content. Um, and really, again, kind of that sandbox for us to, to play around with and, and see what other types of things that, that we can put out there. Um, and then really, I mean, the last probably six to eight weeks, which is incredible to think that it's even been that long. It's We've been doing a lot of as you're saying, I mean, really, I mean, looking at the fan experience, everything from, you know, how people order food and beverage, how they, they pay for things, what the, what standing lines is going to be like, how we, how we, we really start to eliminate, you know, kind of human to human touch points in the building and looking through every, every transaction and every interaction that goes on in arena, which is, is kind of overwhelming when you start going through that way. Um, and then, you know, along with that, working with the the game ops team and the live events team to really start just kind of putting out scenarios around. Okay. So what are the things that are important for, for a game? What does a, you know, a, a broadcast look like? How do we, you know, light a building different um, if there aren't going to be fans there or are there, you know, different things that we want to do online uh, to try to bring that arena experience to fans. So it's been really sort of all over the place. Um, and it's, you know, again, you're, you're, driving down the road and have have no no gps to to help you with this at all um, as you're going through and, and just trying to figure out you know first just trying to think about what different scenarios there are um, and then trying to kind of gameplay out for each of those so we're actually i mean we're excited now just to get to a point where you know within the next week or so i think we'll have a good idea of what what a game looks like in orlando um, and how you know, there will be opportunities for each team to be able to put together, you know, their, you know, put their spin on, on what that looks like and what that sounds like. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting for us from there. And then, you know, like you said, the, the last piece of that is now figuring out a little bit around, you know, now game planning for what next season looks like whenever, whenever that starts, um, you know, it's hard to predict what two weeks from now looks like. So to, to try to Forecast exactly what November December um, will look like is is kind of a fool's errand. But you know we have to we have to put those together. And whether that's you know scaling an arena that that is socially distanced and and you know is a, a third of the capacity um to you know the the thing everybody would hope for is that there's a vaccine by the end of the year and, and we can just go back to um go back to playing. But we're not really we're not spending our time worrying about that scenario too much. It's really It's really the other ones that are probably a little bit more realistic and and trying to figure that out.
1: All right, before we move on, we need a quick reminder about our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, they have the best tasting protein bar on the market. The bars are tasty. They're protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors. The bars are healthy, and they're great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high fiber. go to billbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off your first order at billbar.com one of the things that's that's interesting to me and i'm sure you've had your, your eyes all over this When in terms of uh maybe dubbing fan noise and we've seen cardboard cutouts uh fans in the, in the stands but uh, i guess for me we already know this season, when it returns for the for the rest of the regular season and the playoffs, that the the stands are going to be empty. So I think I am more interested or more focusing on for Bucks fans, as I'm sure you guys are looking at all the ways you can engage with the fans during a playoff run. We saw last year how popular the, the Deer District was. I was certainly there for a couple of the road games that I didn't travel to. As these stay-at-home orders continue to, for better or worse, continue to be eased, we're talking August, September, maybe October. I, I don't know whether you are at all thinking that there could be some sort of, uh, you know, playoff watch parties or anything like this. Is, is this even anything that um, is on the agenda or, or a possibility moving forward? And, and it might be hard to answer.
0: No, it's, it's a huge part of what we're doing right now. And I think that's, we don't know what the answers are. And we don't know, you know, exactly, like I said, what what September or August will lo- will look like from the standpoint of you know is there a, another spike at this at that time, um, you know are things going to be a little bit more opened up? But you know we we've looked at everything from options for you know drive-in playoff watch parties. You know we have the the um, old Bradley Center lot um, there, which is has now been kind of gravelled over and is is completely finished. So you know we could get you know, a few hundred cars in there to, to watch games on a, on a big screen to, you know, what the, the plaza looks like to, you know, potentially, you know, are there opportunities as you get later in in the rounds potentially to, um, you know, sell pods of seats within Pfizer form to have people come down and and watch a game on the the big screen in there. So everything's sort of on the table right now um, and just, you know, spending a lot of time kind of vetting through now that we're getting close to having that schedule, um, kind of vetting through. Cause the other, the other wrinkle with, with some of that is, you know, the DNC in August, um, yeah. <laughs> while we don't know what that's going to look like exactly, you know, that is still, is still going on. So, you know, what the, the access to, um, you know, the, the perimeter of the building, even during that time, I think that would probably be looking at, the the schedule that I've seen floating around out on, on Twitter, um, you know, I think would sort of be right in between first and second round. So a lot of that sort of thing still, still kind of up in the air as well, but rest assured we will, anything that's safe to do that we can kind of bring fans together and and create that playoff buzz. We are definitely um, looking at doing.
2: I I imagine a lot is in flux considering, you know, (laughs) the the details of, um, of, the format and and what's going to be happening in Orlando are, are, you know, seem to be kind of leaking out, trickling out by the day, and um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure exactly how much anyone knows about this, but um, I, I know there were, there was a lot of talk in that one of the reasons why we're going to see you know regular season quote unquote regular season games or seating games or whatever we're going to call them um, was in part um, because they wanted to get uh, games for uh, the regional sports broadcaster. so you know, like Fox Sports Wisconsin, rather than just going straight to playoffs and usually you know the first round there's there's broadcasts there um even though those are also carried by by the national broadcasters um so obviously my assumption is that we're going to see some involvement from you know in in the bucks case fox sports wisconsin in producing broadcasts around some of these games here that are going to happen in orlando um do you guys know much about what that is going to look like uh or Um, I I think, you know, one of the things, and I don't necessarily have any bright ideas around this, but, um, but I think one thing even, I think we, we uh, saw you on Twitter as well, kind of comment on this is, you know, there is an opportunity to maybe do some different things from a broadcast perspective, um, in a, in an environment like that, where there aren't fans, um, from an access standpoint, you know, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, having the microphones turned up maybe with the delay for, uh, to make sure nothing, uh too salacious, uh, gets out. But, um, but have you, I guess from like just like a planning perspective, I mean, do you guys even know like what any of those details might look like, whether it's, you know, how, uh, the local broadcasters are going to be involved or, you know, or are, 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 are is it at the point where you're hearing information about some of the things that hopefully will, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully they can take advantage of the unique circumstances rather than just have it be, you know, kind of an impediment. I think, um, I know watching like I've been watching like Bundesliga soccer and I've been a little bit, a little bit let down that, that really they're, they've just really kind of made them feel like regular games with, with crowd noise kind of piped in over the broadcast. But um, any, any, I guess anything that you're hearing or or even just your own personal views on, you know, I think Kane alluded to it, like the crowd noise thing, like what are you looking for from here? Do you, is there any kind of fun ideas that you think we might be able to see from some of these Orlando games?
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be a really interesting experience. And I, I mean, there's, there's a few things that I know that I can't, you know, really, really talk about. Um, but, you know, the league has been really good and, and I've, I've talked to them, you know, significantly more now than, than I would normally at this point in the year, just in terms of, you know, kind of bouncing things back and forth. And, and they've done a really nice job of, of working closely with the teams. You know, I've been on, on a committee on, on kind of a, um, around you know content and, and that sort of thing, and, and how to, to have access for that. Johnny Watson, who runs our our live events and game entertainment, he's on a, a committee, kind of a steering committee, a little bit, driving what the the game experience is going to be like. You know, they've they solicit feedback constantly, which has been really great. About this process is that that they haven't just sort of you know pushed us off and and not taken our our feedback into account, which has been great. I mean, we we surveyed our basketball ops staff and and players and that sort of thing on the, the types of things that they find important. It's a, again, kind of a good opportunity for us to, to actually take a step back, you know, and see not only what this is going to look like in Orlando, but what new things, you know, even if we start the season with, with a full arena of fans, um, this gives us a good opportunity to, to kind of look at things and maybe not just do things the way they've always been done um, and really, you know, kind of start to figure that out. So um you know, I think you know, the Bundesliga thing, the, the first week, you know, was, was super interesting when they just sort of went, um, you know, completely, completely dead air and, and picking up some of the, the uh, you kind of hear the players on the field, which, you know, I, I, I felt in that case, they should either, you know, go all in or, or just, you know, mute that all together and, and you know, just have it kind of be silent. It was kind of a weird gray space there. Um, I think they've done done an okay job kind of with the, the piped in sound. But again, to your point, it just, it, it feels like a cover. Um, I think the, the one thing I'll say, one of the things I'll say about, you know, what, what I expect from our games in Orlando is it will, it will be different. Um, It will not just be a court in an empty gymnasium um, and, you know, kind of hearing all the squeaks and, and echoes and, you know, I think there's, there's some sort of balance of, you know, kind of giving that inside look, but also, you know, the, the league's concerned about, you know, competitive advantages and, and things like that. And, you know, wanting to make sure that this feels as much like to the players feels as much like a normal game, but there will definitely be some, some testing on, you know, kind of what the the production looks like. Um, there will be some, I, I feel pretty comfortable that, there's going to be some, some opportunities for fans to get involved in, in broadcasts and, and things like that. I don't know what that'll look like, but, um, and then the other thing that I think, you know, the, the league has been good about, and I think we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, the one advantage we have over Bundesliga and some of that stuff is we have, you know, basically two months to, to put things together and, and get things done. Whereas, you know, they kind of flip the switch pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, we're going to be pretty involved in, in some of the production and, you know, bringing they will, from the sounds of it, they want, to, they want to bring in elements that will make these games feel like, as much like home games for the home team as they can.
1: So we couldn't uh, bring you on the podcast without talking about jerseys. I, I think you, you definitely knew that this conversation was coming. One of the questions uh, I had, and certainly since Nike has, has taken over, uh, we've seen a whole number of different jerseys and certainly they're changing each year. I think the process and the design process of this is really fascinating for people that aren't involved in this. Who typically, and what number of people are typically involved in this? Do you include the players? And and I I think a big thing, how do you you keep this under wraps? Because generally, uh, if there is a leak, it comes at the the very, very last second.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we keep it pretty well, pretty tight. Um, You know, we, we learned that even back to the, the The rebrand and and all of that you know going on five years ago now um, you know, real tight group um, I mean truthfully it's when we're looking at at jerseys now so the, the process is basically i mean we are we are designed out through uh, the next two seasons right now so we will start working here shortly on the 22, 23 season um, so you know in terms of of you know player input and that sort of thing we don't do a lot in terms of of going directly to players with um you know kind of their input on on design just from a, a standpoint of we're doing it so far out that yeah a I, lot I, of times i mean you don't know what the, the roster is going to look like so i was just imagining um,
1: you guys i was just imagining you guys uh, promoting the greg monroe inspired uh box uh, road jersey for the 2021 season Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, but that said, we do, we do get a lot of feedback from them on things as they come out and and we, we obviously show them to the players as they're kind of getting finalized and designed, but, but really just to, to sort of get their feedback and their, their take on it. Um, you know, so I think we have a, a good sense of, of what they like. And, and so far we haven't had any real misses in terms of, of the players. I think, you know, they, some of them were even a little bit skeptical of of the uh, the Mecca inspired ones a couple years ago, but you know, once like everything else, once you get them out on the court and you see them the way they're supposed to be, um, they end up loving those. And, and you know, they they kind of they we didn't wear them in the playoffs last year because all the guys had, had kind of taken them um, and already already taken possession of of their sets, so. Um, that was a, I think a, a positive thing at the end. So, um, you know, so we're, like I said, we're, we're now in the, the process right now, a little bit behind, but of figuring out, you know, kind of what our rollout plan will be, um, for, uh, the city edition, which is the, the annual Jersey, you know, the one that that we change every year. Um, so that'll, that's kind of up in the air with everything else on, on, if that'll be, you know, kind of unveiled at the beginning of the season or, you know, this year they, they held off and did it around the holidays. So, um, until we really kind of know the schedule there, but, but we're, we're well down the road there. And then, you know, the following year, twenty one twenty two season, um, that one's, that one's, I, I mean, I think both of the, the new uniforms that we have in the, the next two years, um, will certainly elicit reactions. Um, but, um, I I don't think, I I don't think it would, I I don't think there's anything we could put out that wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Um, but, uh, it's, it's one of the most fun, fun parts of what I, I get to do is, is being a part of, of kind of going through this. And, And I'm a, I'm a uniform nerd myself. Um, that was, you know, kind of a dream when I first got here. Um, you know, I don't think I've really even even told this story that much, but, um, you know, we had, we had a couple things when I, you know, under uh, Senator Cole's era um, that we were in the process of doing one change I got through, which was um, it it drove me crazy in our, our previous branding and the previous word mark that, that the B and the S um, were larger uh, than the rest of the letters. (laughs) And so that was one change I got pushed through in, in under that, uh, regime and we played one year with, with the B and the S, uh, kind of the, the same size as the rest of the letters. So that was, that was a big win for me at that point in time. Um, we had a, a silver Jersey, which I, I leaked out a little, uh, probably a couple years ago. Um, that would have been, you know, our Adidas, what they called pride, which was the, the sleeved jerseys. Um, that brought back the, the old Irish rainbow. So that was a lot of fun to get to do that. But now, you know, kind of every year to, to go through this and, and for us with the, the city edition, I think, you know, it, it's meant to, in a lot of ways kind of um, to elicit reaction and not to, you know, not to um, you know, it's not, it's not for clickbait. Like, I mean, we, we take it very seriously on our end um, about trying to tell unique stories with the jerseys and and try to tie them back specifically to Milwaukee. Um, in in ways that you know, we we got a lot of attention around Cream City this year, which I get. Um, but you know, for people locally, it it was pretty impactful, and and people loved it. And you know, we saw that in in Jersey sales and and what we see around um, you know people wearing the the cream, which has become such a, a strong part of our identity. Um, so I think I mean, we like to to push the envelope a little bit on these. Um, because I think it does give us an opportunity to be a a little bit more creative and, and if you're going to change it every year anyway, you know, the, the worst that can happen is, is you have a Jersey out there that, that, you know, people don't, don't absolutely love or, or, you know, have a a bad reaction to the good news is it's going to change the next year.
2: Yeah. So I think Dustin, you definitely deserve credit, um, for banishing red from the Bucks color scheme, uh, forever, (laughs) hopefully forever. Uh, who knows right there you know we i guess we saw it briefly in some of the the alternative but um but uh you mentioned it's a small group obviously and it takes quite a long time to actually go from uh you guys kind of going through this the creative process to actually seeing these on the court um and, and people being able to buy them um so w- what is the process like i mean i i assume Uh, you guys and you mentioned there's you know there's stories behind these as well which probably gets overlooked by a lot of people but there's the the concepts obviously seem to have stories behind them as well um is it basically you guys get a number of concepts kind of put out and then there's some sort of select process involving presumably very few people um to kind of keep it under wraps and you know is our, our, our owners kind of making final calls like how exactly um do you guys kind of actually kind of sequence through that process since obviously it's one that um, is, has a very visible outcome and uh, and obviously it's uh, the, the, uh, it always brings a lot of debate and obviously a lot of excitement
0: yeah I mean at the end of the day the the process starts out pretty boring um, like like most marketing projects or, or things like that we we start out every year Nike has us put together a, a creative brief um, you know just sort of putting together inspiration um, you know thoughts on on you know sort of you know local ties, uh, stories that we want to explore and go through. Um, so, you know, it, it starts there with that paperwork and we, we push that through again. We, we meet internally small group kind of on our design team, um, and going through the, we had really, you know, the first couple was such a a sprint. Um, just when, when Nike took over, we were really kind of working on a few years all at once, um, so this, you know, last year was really kind of the first time that we went through the process, um, as it, as it kind of will be moving forward, at least for the time being. Um, and then, you know, kind of going into, to next year's, you know, went through that same process. And it was, again, we, we had kind of put together a, a few different ideas on things we wanted to explore, um, over the first few years. And I think, you know, so we're getting to that with, with the, the 2021 version, which was you know, something again that that made sense and, and was just something we haven't really really pushed and, and found the right outlet for. So from the brief, um, Nike kind of goes to work. I think there's this misconception, you know, I, I feel badly a lot of times, not just ours, and you know, I think overall, you know, our our city edition jerseys and that sort of thing um, have, you know, despite any internal consternation or initial consternation that we may hear, you know, for the most part, they've, they've been really successful. Um, and we've been really excited, you know, just in terms of of what the fan response has been to them. Um, but I think as, as we go through with that, um, I feel a little bit bad because I, I think, you know, Nike gets criticized a lot for this and for, you know, Jersey misses. And, and I think, you know, sometimes ownership gets, gets, you know, um, A little bit of Twitter heat sometimes for some of these as well and and you know at the end of the day It's our team internally that is looking at these and deciding so um, Nike certainly gets their their designers together. They are, you know, as as good as anyone in the world at Apparel design understanding, you know, kind of culture and what's next and and storytelling. So they're such incredible partners to be to be a part of um, this sort of process so they take our brief, they, they put together a few different options. Um, usually with us, you know, we are, we never take the the first options that come through. We always have, have changes and go through. We're just sort of that, that type of client on, on that sort of thing, just because we, we are really passionate about what it is um, and make sure that everything's right. Um, so we'll go back and forth, you know, three or four different rounds of designs. Um, it'll be myself. It'll be a couple of people on our creative team and a couple other people just sort of internally that are kind of outside of, of the marketing group that, that I've come to trust and, and kind of take their, their feeling on. Um, and then usually at that point I will, I'll go to Peter, um, with, you know, kind of the two or three options that, that we think feel pretty good. He'll weigh in and always has, you know, incredible, insightful, um, feedback on, on just, you know, little things that I had not even, you know, had not even crossed any of our minds. Um, so we'll make those last couple of tweaks. And then, you know, at that point, we'll, if, if we have a hard time or, or feel like we aren't quite there, then we'll take a couple options to owners. But generally, you know, we've gotten to a, a good, good rotation with them where, you know, we've, we've had good success. So there's, I think a, a little bit of goodwill, goodwill and faith there. And so we'll, Peter will take, you know, kind of what our recommendation, final design, just make sure that, they're good with it send it up to to them to go and and we'll be off and running
1: so i love the fact that you said that these upcoming designs are going to elicit a re- reaction from the fans because i think any design that you've ever come up with has has done that so i think that's certainly a safe bet but i know from following you on twitter and and obviously you know a la Bucks fans the the two questions that i feel like jersey jersey related questions that you get asked are obviously about the purple and obviously also about the blue this year we saw some blue warm-ups with the cream City uh edition and i i think that they were pretty popular certainly from um, the people i spoke to so i want to separate the blue and then also the purple because we see on these 90s nights and this is something you've explained before uh, why you you maybe can't have a purple court or a purple jersey in that um you know for that specific game or during that season but uh where, where do those two colors sit can is there anything you could, you can bring to the party about those two potential colors that seem to be pretty popular with the fans
0: yeah, I'll st- I'll start with the purple that's the the easier one uh actually but you know one of the things so the the cycle with the the jerseys um is you know we ha- we obviously have our core white and green uh we have what what Nike calls the statement edition uh which is the the black jersey which you can change every 3 years um and we we just changed going into to last season or this season um and then there's the city that that's every year and the other thing that teams are allowed to have is on anniversary years, which they deem, you know, uh, an anniversary that is ends in a zero or a five. So, you know, we just passed the 50th. So we were able to have a hardwood classic there. Um, you are able to do a, an anniversary edition, um, or, or throwback edition. So, um, you know, as much as I would love, and we've, we've made nineties night, such an institution, um, in the the eight seasons, eight seasons I've been here, it's it's one of my favorite nights every year. It just so happened that the first year we did it, um, we actually had you know, that was under under the Adidas um, reign at that point in time. But they did a a whole line of of '90s inspired jerseys that year, or so or '90s throwbacks that year. So we had the the old Deerhead logo or Deerhead yep. green and purple, which everybody, you know, assures me everyone hated at the time that it actually <laughs> existed. But, you know, now has become this, this beloved uniform, which, which I love. I mean, I, I, I love that Jersey. Um, and so we, it just so happened that the first nineties night that we did, we had a throwback um, which I guess set us up and it wasn't great foresight on, on my, my part to, uh, to see that that was going to be an issue moving forward. But um you know, so, our next you know anniversary won 't be for for two more seasons, um, and we were in the process there of, of kind of figuring out what that'll look like and, and what would make sense to celebrate at that point in time. Um, but I would have loved you know my my hope when I, you know, when Nike came in and we were going to do this was um, for for next season to be able to have a um, a, a classic edition honoring the the 2000, 2001 team. Um, but unfortunately just the, the way the calendar lines up and I get it from their, their production calendars. And, and, you know, when you think about how massive Nike is and, and their, their, their product design and, and all of their, um, their supply chains and and all that sort of thing, like I get why they can't, you know, just kind of drop everything because Milwaukee wants to to have a nineties night, um, uniform. So like, I, I get it. Um, it, it is, you know, I, I, joke every year when when that comes up that you know we would do it if we could and we absolutely would you know i think that's one of the things that that you know i would love to be able to to do and and play around with there's been so many you know kind of fun iconic um uniforms now looking back that that the bucks have had that you know i would love to to be able to roll those out a little bit more regularly but unfortunately not able to on that Um, but again, we, we've got anniversary years coming up and, and you know a big league anniversary coming up and, and that sort of thing. So never say never on the, uh, the purple, but it's not something that, that currently I've got. You know, People looking for purple aren't going to see it next year. I'll just say that.
1: <laughs> okay. um, well, let, me,
2: let me say here, I, I, I remember, I think it was with my second year as a Bucks fan, the purple jerseys came out. Mm-hmm. I was very excited. I have no nostalgic feelings toward those jerseys. So just for what it's worth, I think I'm in the minority. I'm totally fine with that. Um, one thing, I, this is jumping back a little bit, Dustin. I mean, we talked about, you mentioned that you're you basically a slave to the calendar. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question, uh, and I realize you probably can't, you know, this is not going to be the official Bucks position necessarily. But, um, you know, it's your job, obviously, to think about what the calendar means for the Bucks from a uh, profitability standpoint. Uh, uh, Perception standpoint, you know how many fans you're attracting, how much chatter you're getting. Um, there's obviously been a lot of talk about how this year and, and strange things that have happened may impact the calendar moving forward. I, I personally kind of like the idea of pushing back the NBA calendar. Um, I don't know. Part of it is just thinking back to growing up and going to games during like November, December, January, February. Yeah, if we shaved off even one month of the winter and having to go to games in the winter. <laughs> pushing it later in the year. I, I I would feel like that would probably be, would make would have made me a lot happier going to games, but um, there's so many factors here, whether it's, you know, obviously competition with other sports, whether it's the Packers in the fall, Brewers in the spring and summer. Um, Obviously the broadcast side of that is, is very important. Um, What, like, how do you think about that? I mean, what, what angles of this are important to consider? And I mean, you know, obviously it's, Next year for better or worse, we're, you know, all indications are the calendar will be pushed back to start later. Um, is this like just kind of a grand experiment that you think could um lead to kind of longer term changes? Um, because you know, again, kind of doing it without maybe this sort of strange event might might have been always difficult to just sort of decide, all right, we're gonna start two months later, but they're not gonna have a choice next year. So I don't know, how do you think about the calendar and and you know, what that means for the business of basketball, because obviously ultimately that's that's what this comes down to. If it's better business to start later, then presumably the league will start later moving forward. If it's not, then then I imagine we'll see kind of a return to the normal calendar. But what's sort of the, the calculus that, that you think you're from kind of that marketing perspective?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. And I think you, you made the point exactly right. And that, you know, I think there's always been, been sort of a talk around you know and people say it a lot like you know the nba schedule the nba season doesn't really start until christmas and and that sort of thing um you know certainly in the situation that that we're in right now where you know we're selling out every game and going through it's not not quite the same as um you know 5 6 years ago when when yes i mean every every game we had in october and november um you know, felt like we were just kind of waiting for the, the season to get going a little bit. And it's just, you don't have that same level of attention. Um, so I, I do think there's, you know, something to being able to have, you know, an opening day or an opening weekend um, that really feels like it's, it stands alone, which, which I think, you know, I, I do know, you know, there's talk about, and I don't know where it'll actually end up. None of us do, but, you know, and having opening day on Christmas, which with you know kind of focusing on your, you know, best eight teams and, and that sort of thing, like I think there's a lot of appeal and, and cachet to that from you know, kind of that marketing standpoint and that, you know, that is truly the one day in the the NBA calendar where where the league has the spotlight solely on itself, um from you know kind of a sports competition standpoint. So I think it does make sense a little bit from there. Um but again, then you you run into issues on the the back end. You know, teams that are in in baseball markets, it's it's a lot easier to schedule around one NFL game a week in the fall than it is, you know, figuring out you know, in a lot of times where we're we're sharing RSNs and and that sort of thing. Um, you know, TV schedules around you know 162 baseball games, and, and you know, whereas right now we're only having to deal with that really for for a couple weeks at the, at the end of the season and then the first round of the playoffs. So you know, there's challenges on both sides of it. Um, you know, I think on a, on a personal level, um, you know, working in an upper Midwest for an upper Midwest team, um, you know, if you're going to get three months off, not off, but where you have a little bit of free time and and maybe your weekends back, having those be June, July, and August are a little bit more appealing than, than se- September, October, November. But you know, I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to ask my personal opinion on it. um, but I do think, you know, if I, if there's anything I know about the NBA and, and commissioner silver and, and that sort of thing, it's that, you know, this, you know, won't just be kind of looked at as, as a vacuum season and, um, you know, kind of out there on its own, this is going to be something that that they will, they will look to get some learnings from this. um, And, you know, We'll, do I think we'll see you know, a permanent change to season starting in November? I, my gut feeling is probably not, but do I think that there are going to be some interesting things that we'll see from a scheduling perspective or you know, maybe some, some smaller incremental tweaks that, that come out of this? I, I think that's probably pretty likely.
1: All right. We've, we've taken a lot of your time. So I think we're going to look to wrap this up. I was about to say a lot of your time this morning, but I, I guess it's evening to <laughs> you, but Frank, you, we're about to get the scoop on the blue and you jumped in there. Uh, we're going to go back to that one.
0: Yeah. So I look, blue is a, a big, a big part of our, our brand and our, our identity. And, and we've clearly, you know, this year it was, it was very prominent in, in the cream city, uh, Uniform set. Uh, we had the the blue earned edition um, shooting shirts and and that that came out uh, during the middle of the year as well. So, you know, I, I I'm not going to tip my hands at all, but <laughs> you know, at some point it, it will only be natural. I I can assure you that there will at some point be a a blue bucks uniform. Don't know that it'll be this year, but but I can I feel confident in saying it, at some point that is going to have to happen.
1: okay okay i look i i wasn't expecting you to get to get a full jersey reveal here so i guess i guess i can't be too hard on you for that frank uh before we wrap this up what do you got you got you got anything else you want to fire at at dustin before we let him go
2: no i mean i i we could probably spend like five hours kind of doing exactly these these topics right like we could pick your brains on jerseys for probably like three hours alone um so uh hopefully we'll have basketball to distract us um, you know, in in the timetable that we're expecting in you know, a couple months from now, which still seems like forever away. But um, but yeah, Dustin, hopefully we'll we'll be able to do this again soon. And um, I, you know, Kane and I were talking the other day on Sunday. Um, you know, one of the things that that kind of has made me the most sad, sort of thinking prospectively about this season is, you know, if the Bucks were to win a championship. <sighs> we can't really have a parade the way things kind of going right now. Like who, who knows, right? Well, what things will be in a couple months. So um, I know it was, it, it, it was cool to see what happened on Sunday, just because I, as I was watching that, I kind of like got to thinking, you know, Hey, I, you know, we, we've been, we've been so away from you know, far away from our sports heroes and, and everything's felt so far away. And, and obviously um, the players and the staff kind of walking, you know, really among, among the people, uh, down to the lakefront obviously was a, a I would say an unexpected thing you know given given how quickly it came together but um was obviously a very cool thing for for what it stood for and also just I think as fans to kind of see to see them um you know with with the people of the city and in, in a way that obviously we've been denied here for a few months so I don't know I'm I, that's my big thing hoping for a championship and um I, you know again I would I would love if 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 a, if a you know, championship parade happened, I would be on the first flight back, uh, to Milwaukee, but, um, I don't know, we'll, we'll cross our fingers that, uh, that we can even sort of begin to think about that sort of stuff uh, a few months from now. So, um, yeah, I hope you have more big events to,
0: uh, to plan this year. Yeah. Us too, for sure. And you know, that it was, you know, in some ways, you know, a, a nice, a nice test route to be able to see how quickly and efficiently you can get a, a mass of people from, from Pfizer form to, to the lakefront, obviously for a, in, in the real world, you know, a much bigger, more impactful reason uh, to be out there Sunday, but, but certainly, you know, it won't be June this year, but, but hopefully sometime in, in the not too distant future, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to, to be back out there again.
2: And I couldn't believe it. I heard that this, the, the 71 championship team didn't actually get a championship parade recently, yeah. which is just yeah. kind of sad and sort of tells yeah. you how, how much sports have changed, right? Like the idea of any, championship winning team in a major sport not having a a parade is crazy and then what made that especially uh painful was then to hear that the 82 brewers who lost in the world series actually did get a parade the day after they lost uh in the world series which and again not to knock the brewers but i mean come on Milwaukee, like uh, that's yeah we got to do better than that so hopefully hopefully the bucks give us a chance to redeem that
0: hopefully um but you know, I will say I had you know kind of to leave this topic on, on this note. But I did say to somebody the other day, I said, you know, we're we're pretty much guaranteed now at this point to uh, to make a, a title run here, just because you know, it, as it wor- as it works out, we're just not supposed to have championship raids in Milwaukee. So, um, you know, if, if there's a, a year we can win it and put a nice bookend on that that seventy one, it'll be this year, and, and then you know, who knows? Maybe once everything's back to normal, we get. We get both teams together and do one massive celebration.
1: Yeah. I'll look take at, it. <laughs> I, I did tweet this out. Put Giannis in the mobile, Protect him at all costs. And, uh, and I, I don't <laughs> know. Listen, the, 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 way, the way things are going, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, not, I'm optimistic. I mean, we're talking uh, in, in late October, maybe early November. So I don't know. I, I still have some level of optimism that there could be some sort of celebration. If, uh, as we hope, the Bucks go through and have success in the playoffs. But Dustin, it's always fascinating talking to you and, and getting... A behind the scenes look at, at some of the processes that go into the entertainment that that we have watching the game uh from from our position so we really appreciate you taking the time to come on
0: appreciate it guys and just want to say i mean you you guys have done an incredible job just you know filling this time um and being able to, to continue to put out put this out and, and really have i mean i think just some some incredible conversations and interviews you guys have done a, a really really great job keeping this thing going
1: no, we, we do appreciate that. And, and just on that note tomorrow, keep an eye out. I won't be on the podcast. Frank won't be on the podcast, but the network is putting out a special episode tomorrow. So look for that one. And then uh, on the lockdown box channel, that will be, and then Frank and myself will be uh, back on Friday. Also don't forget to check out the John Hollinger and Nate Duncan podcast on the network. Hollinger of course came up with the great phrase, the delete eight for the teams that unfortunately aren't market, making their way down to Disney, but On that note, Dustin, we thank you again. Thank you, Frank. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you guys in a couple of days.